beautiful night sky. It was a wonderful weekend, weather-wise. Welcome to the show. It's a, f it's a fresh. Cause like, <laughs> I was supposed to say it's a Monday night, but I started saying F. So what word that begins with F could I divert to? Fresh. It's a fresh week. That's the equivalent of saying, welcome to Monday. I hope your weekend was what it needed to be. It's June 6th, 2022. It's D-Day plus 78. And I hope that you're all enjoying yourselves. And I hope that we have a good time tonight. Although it's going to be a little bit uh, batshit crazy. We'll be a little bit batshit crazy because mental illness is creeping its way into this one again. I got to talk a little bit about um, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman that the Daily Wire just put out there. Um, watched, I think, 98% of it. And I got a clip that I wanted to play tonight. I just, just, It's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. So there's that. We'll be able to take some calls on the topics of today. I really don't want to talk about um, the bloodshed continues continues all over the place. I mean, it's always happening. There's fine. It's a it's a big world. There's a lot of people in it. There's always bad things going on. But man, oh man, oh man. But from Philadelphia, which is already a war zone, to North Carolina and that church in Nigeria, that took it out of me that took it out of me don't go watch the video ladies and gentlemen there's a lot of a lot of events that have happened over the years where people are like something about this doesn't seem right something about this doesn't seem right this one is this is real a hundred percent it's gruesome and horrible and so there's like a catholic church in nigeria about 50 people are dead so there's that but we're not going to talk about it. We're going into something else. I'm not going to talk about Elon Musk getting ready to, to say we're breaking off this merger agreement because Twitter's not providing all of the information I need about how much of a spam site the platform is, which we know it's bad. It's just a fake delusional echo chamber. But um, that's going on in the background. We have a few other things to do. We have, did you guys watch any Hallmark movies last night with your family to make fun of them? Well, we tried. We tried our damnedest. We tried our damnedest. We were fooled last night. Me, my parents, Lauren, Anthony, we were all fooled by this one title from 2018 called The Beach House. It said something about it, a rundown beach house they want to uh daughter's gonna come back home we thought it was gonna be one of those things where a big city daughter comes home from her cushy job in the city and she has to take over the local di deli or the diner or a bakery or the, the beach house and fix it up and along the way she falls in love with somebody and now she has to make this this big decision between going back to the metropolitan life and the cushy job or doing something that the heart truly wants Nope, wasn't like that at all. The mother had cancer. This is this was really off, out of character for Hallmark. People terminally ill, 
the, it, it it was really weird and depressing. It's hard to get through it. Uh, very hard to make fun of it, of course. But we tried our damnedest. So I would not recommend watching The Beach House if you are interested in making fun of Hallmark movies like we are in this in this family. So don't do don't do that. Skip over that one. All right, all right. What else do we have? I want to thank my sponsors tonight, BlueMonsterPrep.com. That is what everybody needs to be doing, Blue Monster Prep. And because of Blue Monster Prep, I was thinking about some other things. An email that I got about about survival, about life hacking, getting ready for getting ready for the other part of survival prepping, which is it's not so much about okay, do we have enough food and soup and canned items to get us through maybe three months of I don't know three months of no power and there's nothing going on uh, that's going to help us in CVS we're not going to be having anything on uh, anything nourishing on the shelves at our local AMP or Piggly Wiggly or Food Emporium whatever the hell it is what do we do after you have all that stuff and you have to defend all that stuff you don't think about that stuff have you guys and gals thought about that? I'm sure many of you have, which is why you also buy a lot of ammunition and practice with your weapons to make sure that you know how to use it in a time of need. God forbid you ever need it. But that, I got an email about that, and I made a thread about survival prepping and, and, um, and life hacks. And I mostly made it for posterity purposes on the thread. You know, we'll take this. I'll put it onto the blog so that it, st it sticks around a little bit more. But if it turns into a topic on the show, we can do that. I already have a couple of people who put one or two things in there. And you should go check it out, especially since we have a very, uh, a very specialized audience, as I say. Not only outdoorsmen, outdoors women who just know how to get around, who know how to survive and keep things going with minimal but we have a lot of special forces people that watch this show, and I think that a lot of their tips and tricks in hazardous situations would be really great to have on this thread. And maybe I'll read through it a little bit in the second half. Who the hell knows? Who knows? But Blue Monster Prep, that's who I was thinking about when I got that email first. Pat and Gina, number one in customer satisfaction Customer service, absolutely amazing. Use promo code FRANKLY for all of your delivery taken off the top. And who knows what else, aside from all the love that they give you over there. BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go and sift through it. Last night I was watching... What the hell? I was watching something else. Oh, no, no. I think it might have been a little bit of the time that we were watching this latest season of... Stranger Things, because we're watching something else, too. I'm trying to think, where did the, the walkie-talkies come in? And I think it was Stranger Things. That's why I stopped and paused for a moment there. But the walkie-talkies are really important. And you know the other thing? Having everybody be on the same page. Like, if you know an inner circle of people who are going to, who are in, in your area, whether it be your immediate family and friends, to get food, to get radios but to not know what channel to go on if and when the power goes out, to not to not know where to, to meet if you have to get the hell, if there's like some coastal flooding situation or a tsunami or a meltdown at a nuclear facility or something, you have to know where to meet. You have to know what to do. There has to be a game plan. Have you, have you game planned that stuff? I would love to know about that too. 
obviously you don't have to tell me the intimate details of your fallback location, but do you have locations? Does everybody in your family, including your children, know that if the power goes out and you can't find everybody and it seems like a sticky situation, get on your bike and pedal 40 miles to so-and-so place where we have everything set up. I don't know. And turn on your radio to channel 3. Sideband. I don't. I would love to know about, know about that because I have yet to really solidify those plans. I'll tell you. I'll be very honest with you. All right. Okay. Let's go into the grab bag. First one up. This is a little bit older, but I, I didn't get around to it. Now I want to for some reason. It just seemed. It just spoke to me today. Headline from Vice. This man is so anxious about the climate. He wants to medically assisted suicide. That's right. Howard Breen's anxiety about the planet is so bad, he's asked Canada to let him die. Will he be accepted into the program? You know how we were talking about Canadian uh, euthanasia programs that are getting worse and worse, and it's just going to be a way of clearing the ledger of any dead weight as the government takes on uh, more responsibilities that no government or any organization should ever have, and, uh, and also all the refugees in the world? Well, this guy wants to die. And apparently the only way that he can make it happen is if the Canadian government kills him. Howard Breen isn't afraid to die to save the planet. Oh, is that what you think you're doing, Howard? How altruistic of you. In fact, he may just want to in order to save himself. (laughs) To save myself, I must kill myself. The 68-year-old idiot, eco-activist and member of the global group Extinction Rebellion. Oh, yeah, that is the craziest bunch of assholes. Those are the ones who get together and they put, them, they, they, they put themselves into, like, red veils from head to toe. They look like they're wearing, you know, burkas and it's just head to toe. Gone. You can't see them anymore. And they're, they're calling on all of their, their interpretive dance classes from college. And they're trying to invoke some kind of spirit. Of course, making themselves look like rollicking asses. But 68-year-old Howard Breen, that's a guy with a vision. He has spent almost his entire life trying to warn people about the climate crisis. Well, you did a bad job, Howard. And it's becoming more common. Breen is so genuinely worried about global climate chaos, which has led to destructive and deadly heat waves, floods, and fires around the world. Then he often experiences depression, anxious malaise, and panic attacks. It's becoming debilitating. So that's why he's applied for Canada's Medical Assistance in Dying program, MAID program. We've talked about it on this show. It's a horrific program that is expanding in ways that the Canadian public, by and large, doesn't even know about. A program that allows citizens to take their own lives under the care of a doctor if they can't cope anymore. The law was first adopted in 2016 for Canadians afflicted by grievous or incurable medical conditions, but was eventually amended to include those determined to have low enough quality of life. And next March, the program will will expand even further to include people with mental illness and, as we said, uh, the poor. Quality of life actually expands into those who are not able to provide for themselves or to stay gainfully employed and pay their bills. So they, they go seek the care of a doctor 
when they can just go to the nearest cliff and jump right off. Now, I, um, I, I don't want to live in a world where people are killing themselves to, to fix their problems at all, and suicide continues to be one of the more morbidly fascinating and tragic things I can conceive of. But at the same time, th- these are mentally incapacitated people that, that throw... I mean, this, the whole world is frying. The whole thing, the whole planet is frying out right now. So those of us who have seen this coming for a while, we just need to continue to fortify ourselves somehow, put that armor on. But that's what the, he's doing. I don't know if he's going to get in. He was denied the first time. He was denied. He tried. Why was he denied the first time? Breen is because he's a failure. That's why. Breen is no strength. <laughs> He's no stranger to putting his life on the line for the cause. Uh, most recently, he stopped eating on April 1st in an attempt to speak to British Columbia's forest minister about ending all old-growth logging in the province. Breen got one. Do you know that there are more trees on the planet now than there ever have been in the world in the world history? They say. He received a phone call from the minister, but his demands weren't met. About 31 days later, he lost nearly 40 pounds and suffered cognitive decline before deciding to start eating again. Can't even stick to a hunger fast. A hunger strike. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of what could happen if we don't act on climate change. Death! Right? Isn't... Isn't that... Isn't that the whole point? So then just live your life. Go to the beach, relax. Have you ever seen a picture of Liberty Island in New York from like 1987 and Liberty Island from 2022? I got to tell you something. The water is not up to Lady Liberty's knees. All right? Your favorite politicians wouldn't be gobbling up private uh, uh, land and and cushy beachfront property in Florida like uh, Nancy Pelosi. Or the Obamas in Martha's Vineyard, if they didn't think they're going to be able to park their asses there for a couple of generations. Come on now, dummy. Breen. But he was worth a vote. See, Breen represents a vote. And one day, they won't even need him for that. In fact, they don't need him now. If you think Justin Trudeau is winning these, these, um, these elections, no way, man. He's a Davos guy. That's why he's in there. He's useful for now. He's a thespian idiot who's willing to do anything. And the people like Mr. Breen over here, my gosh. When Breen first applied for medical assistance and dying, he worried that either climate change or COVID would get him. So quick, kill me. I might get get a, a cold. Quick. But his application was denied despite support from his general practitioner and his family. His family and his doctor are like, please, please. Can you, can you get rid of him? And still they're like, no. No. <laughs> to receive access to the program, two independent practitioners had to assess Breen. And according to him, his medical assessor didn't consider eco-anxiety an acceptable, permissible malady for the program. What is it, though? Is, is, it, is it he can't afford to kill himself? This is so weird. This is so weird, especially since he's part of that, um, the, the whatchamacall, Extinction Rebellion cult 
All they do is pretend to kill themselves. All they do is pretend to kill themselves. You would think that along the way of pretending to kill yourselves in like a thousand different ra ways, you would realize how actually excessively easy it is. And you don't need the government to come on in. Uh, unless it's just... Unless it's just like if he's part of a medical program and killed by the government, is there a stipend that the government gives to the family to dispose of the body? Just doesn't make any sense. Now, does it? 7-Eleven, though. Oh, oh let, me, let me get this out there real quick. Because, uh, of course, eco, eco reasons to go and be medically suicided is one thing. But did you know that there is a, a new affliction that is taking down otherwise very healthy young adults? No, it's nothing that they have... They have... Um, made themselves become a part. No experimenting, nothing, no drug use, nothing like that, nothing at all. I'll, I'll, I'll just read this to you because it comes down in the first paragraph. Here's a headline from the Mirror in the UK. Woman, 31 years old, who went to the gym and walked 10,000 steps a day, dies suddenly in sleep. Catherine Keane, 31, from Rathmines in Dublin, was found by her housemates after she failed to come down for breakfast. The cause of her death was put down to sudden adult death syndrome. SADS. S-A-D-S. Sudden adult death syndrome. Like sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS. Now it's SADS. Which both of them, bullshit if you ask me. Sudden adult death syndrome just happened. It just, it just happened that way. Fit and healthy young women, woman died in her sleep without warning. It was later determined she died from sudden adult, adult death syndrome. You know, they had to start this because nobody was taking uh, seasonal affective disorder seriously. So they figure, hey, listen, well, we need something to uh, categorize the fallout, if you know what I mean. We need something to explain the fallout as it gets worse and worse. So let's go with sudden adult death syndrome. Just just want to let you know, because you'll probably see that acronym get thrown out there. Here's a headline, though, before we go to break and start this one off. Fulton County, Georgia. This is from Gateway Pundit. Fulton County, Georgia is calling an emergency meeting today to recertify primary election results. Now, this is something that's pretty incredible, and I'll tell you why in a second. Fulton County, Georgia, has called an emergency meeting starting Monday, today, uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern to recertify the recent primary election in the county. The Fulton County News announced announcement posted on its website saying the fo following, the Fulton County Board of Registration and Elections will meet to recertify as results from the May 24th general primary election and to discuss any other elections business. The meeting should be aired, and why is this so important because we have this debacle in the Cobb County that I saw circulating a little bit of course Georgia that's why I say Pennsylvania what happened with the, the primary there I don't know I'm not paying attention I'm sure New York will have a primary I'm not paying attention what the hell does it matter I hate to take that standpoint it's not a black pill standpoint I'm still the most proactive hopeful person you'll ever find and I will work my ass to the bone 
to the ass bone. But can we at least agree that nothing substantial has been done anywhere on on this kind of a level when we're talking about big show elections coming up in November? I know we had Virginia, we had New Jersey. There's just such a big turnout, and hopefully the turnout does give us some surprises in, in November. That would be great. But unless something actually happens, especially on a state and local level, where you are washing out all of your state legislatures, your state attorney general's office, all that stuff, and actually doing something to make sure that what we saw in 2020 doesn't happen again, then then things like this is going to happen over and over again. And we know that Georgia was like an epicenter for some real bullshit. This is what I saw the other day. DeKalb County, Georgia, commissioner race. Spears, I guess that's one of the candidates, who came in third demanded a recount because she got zero votes, no votes, in her own district where she votes. After two hand recounts, you guessed it, it turns out she actually came in first place. And that's why they were they were starting to make demands over the weekend. They need demand of total hand recount for Georgia's election from across the board. I said, this is incredible. This can't be for real. This one woman, this candidate, got zero votes. So I got in touch with Rich Barris. And I said, Rich, and I sent it over to him. I said, is this for real? And he says, yes, it most definitely happened. He said, they didn't count nearly 3,000 votes in her own precinct. They blamed it on a machine error. Like, wow. Is it really? Do they really care that little? And they do. They really, they care that little. If they get away with it, then good on them. If they don't, machine error. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, the Dominion machines, they just needed an upgrade. They're still running Windows 10. Yeah, we've been denying Windows 11 for months. Have you guys been getting that too? Windows 11. Download Windows 11. No. I don't want it. In fact, all the computers that I bought in the last couple of years, I made sure that I found versions of uh, Windows 10 to put on there, even though, I mean, what's really safe? But there you go. They're still running Windows 95 in Georgia and across the Midwest. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. We will be right back. We're going to go into Bilderberg first, and then what is a woman? Take some calls on that. We got the badass later on in the second half of the show. I have wonderful guests coming on, too. Can't wait to talk about that. And uh, about to start some work with a good friend of mine who's going to be doing some really professional booking for me. So I'm going to be able to put a list of high-valued guest targets on, on his desk. And um, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun starting in July. Starting in July. Who knows where we go? We'll be going all over. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. It's start to start to start to start start.
let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! can't wait I can't wait for this weekend because I am going to be here early I think one day in the weekend to just start cleaning this entire room I'm taking a lot of the stuff on the walls down rearranging them I want to get things that are displayed behind me a little bit better situated I got a, a new got a couple things framed that I think are going to be really great additions I'm just going to Put new rhyme or reason to this room. Clean it all up. I'm going to change out all these lights. This is the new light that I got. Hold on. I've been testing this light. It's a soft white. Soft yellow white. Soft. As long as it's soft. It's, as long as it doesn't come in, come in with that, that kind of blue LED nonsense. I like these instead of these greenish glowing balls. You know, the glow balls, I love them. They've been around here for a long time, and they've provided us with plenty of coziness. But I'm going to be replacing all these. And uh, there's a lot more that has to be done. A lot more that has to be done as well. But I appreciate everybody hanging with me. Hanging with me and having a good time. So next week when we come back, I don't know, maybe there's a new way to arrange everything on the desk over here. Got to give you something fresh. Like a fresh new week. All right. Real quick with our guests coming up. We got Danny Katz on the show tomorrow. She is an author. We're going to be talking about propaganda. She she wrote an amazing propaganda book for anybody that wants to give somebody a really good stocking stuffer. Like someone who will enjoy this show. You go to Danny Katz, D-A-N-I. K-A-T-Z dot com. She wrote a book on propaganda that is all illustrated through like stick figures and stuff like that. And it's a wonderful crash course, a good coffee table book. Um, so she'll be on with us tomorrow. Jim Lee, she'll be on. He'll be, <laughs> she'll be, you know what? What is a woman? <laughs> Jim Lee will be on with us on Wednesday talking about the atmosphere, grand solar minimums. But we can, maybe we can ask him about um, medically assisted suicide for climate change if he believes in that. And that would be good. And uh, Justin Polgar is on with us on Friday. Yes, Cacao, the chocolate man himself. We're going to be talking about psychedelic revelations and, and good life outlook, outlook on life and, and, and go 
get them attitudes. It's going to be a really good way to end the end the week. I love Friday night shows like that. So there we have it. There we have it. Next week, Jason Burmis, Velas from Rogue News, Chris Ann Hall, Jay Dyer is coming back on June 21st. Jeff, June 23rd, Jeff Harmon, the astrologer, will be on with me and hopefully Rob. June 24th, Susan, Cindy Brady, Olson is coming back. We already have a lot of things that we're going to be talking about. We, we spoke over the weekend. Uh, Rich Barris, he'll be back on for his, his last Monday of the month on June 27th. And there you go. Jay Gulinello, July 1st. Adam Krigler, July 6th. Ping Trip is coming back July 8th. And then it's an open frontier. So much going on. So you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. All right. Let's get into this first, this first article. It's from Reclaim the Net. You might have heard about it. It goes on every year in different locations. Bilderberg Group meets in secret to discuss disinformation. Disinformation. You have to watch out for disinformation. They love us. That's why they get together to talk about it. We just have to listen to them. Elites from the world of politics, media, big tech, business, and more are in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., right in the center of the nest. For the 68th annual Bilderberg Group meeting, the Bilderberg Group first met in 1954, the agenda being Building Back Europe following the Second World War. It was organized by Prince Bernard, Bernhard, Bernard of Netherlands and was held at the Bilderberg Hotel located in Oosterbeek. The list of attendees is often secret, but the organizers have confirmed a few people attending this year's meeting, like former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, who's taking time away from writing children's book. CIA Director William Burns, who just loves to hate people. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla, who really loves to watch people die. Former CIA head David Petraeus. Interesting, huh? That's interesting. Senator Kirsten Cinema, wonder if she's what she's going on. I would love to talk to her. What are you doing over there, Kirsten? The Prime Minister for the Netherlands, Mark Rutte, is also in attendance, as well as Canada's Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, Krista Freeland, who has this year ordered banks to freeze the accounts of civil liberties protesters. Yes, we remember her. She's a very nice woman. According to Bilderberg website, the discussion in this year's meetings will include geopolitical realignment, NATO challenges. So how do we get out of this Russia thing? Do we really want to blow up the world right now? Is there a way that we can save face? Do we just change the marketing and the messaging about how Ukraine really just needs to give up the eastern regions of the country and and, and, and chalk it up to a moral victory? And then just spark a new Cold War, like a real new Cold War. I don't know. China, Indo-Pacific realignment, Sino-U.S. tech competition, Russia. Well, I guess Russia goes into the first two as well. And into China. Continuity of government and the economy. That's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. Disruption of global financial system, which they're the disruptors. They have disrupted the global financial system all by design. It's one big grift, one big skim, one big skim, and then they have to talk about continuity of government and the economy 
for the end times of their first con, which was the disruption of the global financial system. How do they continue on as the people who were anointed as the leaders? How do they continue on to create the new grift? That's what that's all about. And then, of course, disinformation. What they really mean is they want to discuss the gag that they need us to wear while they complete their rape of the planet. Energy, security, sustainability, how do we live with less while they, um, they have only the best bidets. Post-pandemic health. Oh, so, so we're outside of the pandemic? It's post-time? They don't act like it. Fragmentation of democratic societies. Of course, most of the people there fund the color revolutions around the world, and they have been fragmenting democratic societies. Killing tradition. Starting uh, migration crises around the world. Destroying history. Trade and deglobalization, and then Ukraine. So this is almost a list that resembles George Carlin's bit about combining the Ten Commandments into like three. There's a lot of redundancy here, but these are these are evil midwit types that want you to want you to feel like they're really on top of things. They have so many responsibilities, and everything is a mutually exclusive problem, and only they are skillful enough to get to the bottom of it all. Meanwhile, it's a bunch of redundancy, and we know what they're really doing. So they continue on reclaim the net. As can be seen from the list, the group plans to discuss behind closed doors a way to combat disinformation. The idea of censoring disinformation or misinformation has rapidly escalated in recent years, particularly through the pandemic when it was discovered that labeling something uh, as such is a fast way to get it censored. The term misinformation may seem like it is, uh, it's been a mainstay in mainstream media news coverage for years because of the frequency with which it is used, but statistics from GDLT, GDELT's online news summary tool, a service that summarizes global news media coverage of a particular topic and contains more than a quarter of a billion records, shows that most of the growth in the use of this term by the mainstream media occurred around the same time that the coronavirus outbreak was becoming a major story. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you think about it, disinformation, I mean, that's 2020. Everything prior to 2020, if you remember, if you can actually put yourself into that mindset, it was late August of, of 2019 that they were just wrapping up the last of the Mueller nonsense. And you want to talk about dismiss and malinformation. I mean, they were riding that wave for three and a half years. Three and a half years, man. And then uh, it all got, it had to get flipped around. Had to. Fluctuated. Let's see here. Then from February 2020, the use of misinformation in the mainstream media news coverage almost doubled to a peak of 0.3%. And on April 11th, it has remained above 0.22% ever since. According to the Bilderberg Group, its activities are, quote, the Bilderberg meeting is a forum for informal discussions about the major issues. It has to be informal discussions or else it would be a, a, every, every year it would be a violation of the Logan Act for Americans that show up, especially people like Kirsten Cinema. Um, 
The meetings are held under the Chatham House rule, which states that participants are free to use the information received, but neither the identity nor the affiliation of the speakers nor any participant may be revealed. We usually get a list of people who are there. Thanks to the private nature of the meeting, the participants take part as individuals rather than any official capacity. You see how how uh, amazingly sly that is? How slick? Oh, I'm not a senator. I'm not a defense contractor. I'm not a CEO of a bomb maker or this or that. A prime minister, a banker. I'm, I'm just here as a citizen of the world when I walk through these doors. And whatever ideas I hear, I may take with me. And perhaps... I implement them in my gigantic mega bank, and maybe I don't. But it's not like we conspired, you misinformationist. Details about the meeting, which started Thursday, are scarce since no journalists are allowed to report, although some are invited as participants. Right. Right. Only the best of the best, of course. That's the way it is. Now, I wanted to say about the survival prepping life hacks thing, because, you know, one feeds into the other, the rape of the planet and being able to be self-sufficient. You should get into this. I'd like to hear what a lot of you have to say, and maybe later on I'll bring it up. Submitted by Tom Ranger via email. I figured I'd open it to a larger audience for expansion. But, um, but yeah. From practical to mindset tweaking, whatever it is, to live in this world. Now, here's the big thing I wanted to talk about that maybe you have already watched over the weekend. If you haven't, you really should. And uh, we, we would have premiered it on the network already, but, you know, it's uh, you have to pay to watch it. And if they put all this time into making it, then I, I said, well, listen, well, let's, we can, we can buy it, but to rebroadcast it, maybe we can get some permission or we, let's just wait weeks. Let's just wait weeks until we see that it has been pasted all over the internet and all that stuff, and everybody has mainly watched it. You put time into that. I definitely want to make it as a group viewing. But here we have it, Matt Walsh. This is from Zero Hedge. Matt, Wal- Matt Walsh film forces academics to confront their hip- hypocrisies on gender identity. This was so wild. Wild. Now... It's such a well-done film by the team at the Daily Wire and Matt Walsh, and I'll talk about him in a little bit more, too. But it jumps into this social, um, well, they, they use the term social contagion, which is a very appropriate way of saying it, because that's the way it spreads. We discuss nature versus nurture on the show all the time. This is all nurtured. It talks about the transgender psyop and how it's been co-opted. It's co-opted medicine. It's co-opted education, psychiatry, and it's, that's how it's really been spread and endorsed. And really uh, how it, it, uh, it forces school systems and local governments to cover up for sexual assault cases when they start mixing and matching people inside of locker rooms and bathrooms. It is a lot of mental illness. It is a lot of child abuse, psychological abuse of entire generations. And social contagion is a wonderful way of putting it. Now, here's what they go on to say. In Matt Walsh's Daily Wire documentary, What is a Woman? Academics defend their advocacy for radical gender ideology with at least one admitting to having encouraged chemical castration. And I'm going to read some stuff to you after this that is going to really blow your mind and really probably break your heart a little bit. But, you know, it's Monday. We can have broken hearts on a Monday because then we have four more days to string them together. 
Michelle Forcier, Forcier, assistant dean of medicine at Warren Alpert Medical School at Brown University, abruptly ended, and they, they do this a lot, abruptly ended the interview after Daily Wire commentator Matt Wall stated that one drug used in sex reassignment surgery doubles to castrate sex offenders. Walsh was referring to Lupron, a testosterone suppressant. Lupron is often used to cure uh, endometrial or prostate cancer, but is also ca- it also castrates predators. Now, it is also known for aiding the transition from a woman to a man. Quote, you know what I'm not sure we should be continuing with this interview because it seems like it's going in a particular direction, Forcier says. And this happens a lot. Okay? It, it, it's really interesting here. When you watch them, and I have one clip we're going to watch together, it's six minutes long, and it, it'll go by in a flash only because it's, it's, it's just so fascinating. In a morbid way, of course, and it's also frightening um, because none of this should be controversial at all. But once they're programming, let's because they're not intelligent people. They are, and they are the definition of NPCs. They've been programmed to perform a function. They practice to play the role of social scientist. They practice every day. They rehearse to play the role as assistant dean of medicine at Warren Alpert Medical School, Brown University. They play that role. I don't care what the hell education they've gone to, and maybe they've learned some things along the way that's actually useful in a medical environment, but what they have ideologically pledged themselves to negates all of that medical training because they cannot even talk in simple, realistic terms of biological fact. They, they can't allow themselves to go there, and, and they quite literally become very triggered. They have to get up. They squirm in their seats. They, they, they become, uh, I don't know, indignant. Maybe they thought that by that point in the conversation, they would have already wowed Matt Walsh with all of their midwitisms, all of their galaxy brain nonsense with their word salad that he would have been like, okay, I see what you're saying. Now I understand. But it didn't work because he's not a five-year-old child. It only works on impressionable children and completely wasted intellectual wastes of adults wastes and I, I'm, I'm actually really I'm getting upset with uh, that there are people out there who still are just like yes but it's about the welfare of children trans children I'm saying they only think they're trans because they're being inundated with fucking propaganda you understand You're, you are a party to the abuse if you even take it that far And even if they had some kind of a dysphoria, psychological, physiological issue there, for anybody to say that an 11-year-old boy or, or anybody under the age of consent should mutilate their body, they definitely it's the only way to do this. They, they need to be not only stripped of any kind of licenses they have, but they've got to be removed from civil society. Kept in a dungeon. Studied like a, like a rat. But he goes on to say, now it's also known for aiding the transition to woman. You know what? I think i got to leave. Then she accused Walsh of using malignant language by referring to hormone suppressants as drugs. They are drugs. They can't, they, they can't face abortion. They can't face. They've been trained not to face abortion, to see it for what it is. 
They need new nomenclature. They need, they need to wrap this up in something that is palatable because they know that they have pledged their lives to abject darkness. According to Forcier, such rhetoric is harmful to transgender children. It's harmful to the children that they're brainwashing. It's harmful to their cause. Listen to this. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No, your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation. In reality, in truth, okay? Whose truth are we talking about? The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I. No, you're not listening. No. The, you, you, I, 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 see, I said last week, I don't want to yell. If I were alone, I would have already exploded. I would have already exploded. The, the no, no. She can be as calm as she'd like, but there is, there is a volcanic eruption going on inside. She is, she is possessed. If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, Does chi a chicken commit suicide? Let's frame it because you're talking, you're trying. A chicken to has sex like any, like any biological organism. A chicken has organism. an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we assign female to chickens when they lay eggs? That's a, we that's assume they're female if they lay eggs. We assume they're female if they lay eggs. No, no. Even if they don't lay eggs, you can find out very quickly, very quickly, ladies and gentlemen, if a chicken is a female. Very quickly. Okay. Now, as far as the gender identity thing goes here, the man who coined the term gender identity, his name was uh, Dr. John Money, or Money, Money, M-O-N-E-Y. Well, he did some really awful things here. He was a pedophile, of course, apologist, and he subjected a little boy to a forced transition, then tried to force, I guess he did force that little boy to... to perform sex acts with his twin brother and that's it that's it I, I think that um, I think one one or both of them killed themselves afterwards that's where we got gender identity from that there's something de different outside of just what you are that you can you can jump off of the 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 train on planet earth and you can go float away into some other dimension where now ch some children think that they are cats. I know that there was one. There was this one person inside of, of uh, inside of what is a woman who believed that they were a wolf, wolfkin. Well, I knew about the kin stuff for a long time. Squirrel kin. They thought that they were one with the squirrels and all that. Um, I know that there's somebody that watches this show who was in on the Sunday afternoon sponsor stream who works in a certain di school district has said that they just were notified by the school guidance counselor that there is a new student or there is a student returning to the school this year or next year that identifies as a fox and they need to be treated as such. They need to be treated like a fox, like a small dog-like creature. Okay? So um, these are the people. It's just it, it's just incredible. Forcier is also a pediatrician, which does not make 
it does not surprise me at all because we know pediatricians have been pushing this stuff for a while. The, the, the woman who took the son away from the father in Texas and won in court to have the right to the custody over their child and help transition her into a, a girl named Luna or transition him into an existence, I don't know, where she wanted to put through chemical transitioning and castration, and they're pediatricians too. Additionally, University of Tennessee professor of women, gender, and sexuality, Patrick Grenzanga, told Walsh that asking for a definition of woman is essentialist, essentialist. They got all the new terms. They got all the year 2023 terms, the ones that haven't even come out yet. Still has that new term smell. It's a really simple answer, Zanka said. It's someone who identifies as a woman. Now, I'm going to play this for you. This is insane. I don't know how else to say it. It's six minutes long. We're going to watch it stop along the way and, uh, and, and, and observe. This guy considers himself a social scientist. You ready? And, and about Matt Walsh, I really appreciate, I would love to have him on the show, his stability. I really admire his stability in these kinds of situations. And I actually envy him. And you'll see what I mean. Um, but here's a six-minute clip of Matt Walsh going to university to sit down with a social scientist professor and ask him, what you would think would be very simple questions about biology and reality. Here you go. What we do in, in gender studies is not just reduce gender to what psychologists might call individual differences, but rather thinking about gender, and that's not women and man, but gender as a, as a social form, something that kind of infuses itself into virtually all aspects of social life. See, he, he's really... he's going in now. This is how he opens up all of his classes in September or late August when all of his new crop of complete loons come in to his classroom and sit in a lecture hall. He's really vibing right now. This is just top choice introduction to the script. All right? There is no resistance. He feels great. He's comfortable. He's in the zone. But of course, he's speaking to someone who's rational. So this, is, this isn't going to work out very well. Let's talk about that then. Uh, I guess we should start with, we've got gender and sex, right? Yeah. What, what's the difference between the two? Is there a difference? I saw that in your questions and I thought, my goodness, this is what we spend an entire semester kind of thinking through. But what we do- oh, so, so, he, so he, you know, this is, this is so complex. It takes an entire semester. We're talking months of study. Months of study. But I'll try to cram this in. I'll try to, I'll try to pre-digest this for you in your, your unsophisticated pea brain, Mr. Walsh. tend to think about in the social sciences today yeah. is that sex refers to a set of biological characteristics and gender is a social construct or category. What I think is often misleading about that characterization is allowed to be sort of messy and complicated. This is wonderful. But in that framing, when you split them up into these wholly discrete constructs, studies scholars, and, and really more specifically people who study gender and sex, we're not talking about sexuality right Teach. now. in the kind um, of academic universe that I travel in is that we see how deeply gendered ideas, um, cultural ideas about masculinity, um, and femininity, maleness, and femaleness, both in humans and in lots of other animals. Incredible. 
incredible montage. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, these are the fact checkers. This is what it, the, the average mind of the fact checkers are on the internet right now. These are the people who are teaching children from K through 12, most of them. A midwit galaxy brain word salad tosser, if I've ever seen one. Overeducated, wonderful way of putting it. This guy studies to play the role of social scientist. And most people believe that he's worth his weight in gold. I don't think he's worth his weight in chickens. So are gender and sex two different things? or? <laughs> well, I think that they, they both are and they aren't. I'd be, I'm comfortable saying that gender and sex are, are two different constructs, but they're deeply intertwined with each other. We're, well, one's bullshit. We're talking about gender and, and sex, and there's a lot of controversies there. If we're talking about a trans woman has all of the male f physical characteristics, so would that not be a male then? Couldn't, couldn't we plainly say this person is a male? Well, wh well I guess it's, it's like, wh why are you asking the question? <laughs> I think I, I, I want to understand sort of why that's so important. So if someone tells Just you... Just to, to sort of understand reality. It's amazing. I don't understand why you would even want to ask that. Just come with me into Never Neverland and stay there. Why are you questioning? I just sprinkled pixie dust on your head and you are floating away with me. Second star to the right and straight on till morning. Come with me to Never Neverland. Don't think about this. What are you wasting your time on that for? You know? Well, I mean, I think when someone tells you who they are, you should believe them. So if a person says that they're a woman or they're a man, then that's them telling you their gender is. I'm, I'm not so sure why, what social um, in interactions would have to do with, with maleness or femaleness that would well, be... I'm not even talking about social context. I'm just, I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like <laughs> getting to the truth again in social why, why life. Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, <laughs> there it comes. They the script ran out. The script ran out. They ran out of rebuttals. Everything. So out comes the transphobia and the threats of leaving or the threats of. But then, of course, if they're not employing you, there's nothing really they can do. And if, you, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying how to is, you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Because it does not go and complement and agree with the Frankfurt School ideology that was imported into this country over 100 years ago of critical theory that demanufactures reality and takes away all objectivity, which is why modern art... Is, uh, is, is three globules of bullshit and a, uh, and, a, and a squirrel turd, and people think it's amazing. Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. Whoa, he's a man. What my truth is? Well, I don't think I really have a truth. I think that there's just the truth, like the reality. And so we should begin by trying to figure out what the reality is. Uh-huh. And why are you concerned with when someone else tells you that they're a man, or even if they use the word male, why are you concerned with not believing them? 
Well, you keep bringing it back to, you know, how do you respond in a social situation, but... That's what I do. I'm a social scientist. <laughs> oh, it's what I do. He even has the... I'm looking into your... You know, I'm... I'm it's very interesting. Yeah, you know, I've never been this close to an animal like you before. But you've obviously never met a social scientist, have you? Hmm. All right. Fifteen more seconds of thin ice. I'll give you 15 more seconds. All right, but we're in a university. This is a place of understanding truth, isn't it? Or Absolutely. We, are, we pursue the truth. truth, and so I'm a social scientist, and that's what I well, do. you just said the truth is transphobic. Th that you would say, <laughs> that you're, if you're saying the truth is that I get to say, you're not a man, show me your genitalia, that's transphobic. No, no, yes. I don't want to see anybody's genitalia. I, I, I just mean someone can make a statement about themselves that could be untrue. Like, for example, if I... If I were to say that I'm a black man, could you... Uh-oh. Would you accept that, or would you... You saw his, his eyes are darting over up and to the right. He is, he's trying to prepare himself. Is there any way to get out of this? I know what's coming. Is there any way to get out of, with, out of this, or do I really have to say... Do I really have to say yes? You are a black man. Be skeptical. Are you? Black? Are you African-American? Are you biracial? I don't think so. Okay. Well, you don't look that, and I don't think that's a... Oh. It doesn't sound like that's a genuine statement of who you are. Why? Why? Okay, so that's my point. I, I could make a statement about who I am that's incorrect. Of course, I think it's well established that human beings can lie, yes. Or not even lie. I mean, I could just be mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I guess this all comes back, just, this all comes down to really one question, um, especially women, gender and sexuality studies. So, so what, what is a woman? Oh boy. Why do you ask that question? <laughs> I just really like to know. Well, listen. I, I don't feel comfortable talking to another non-social scientist about this because it's very, it can be taken the wrong way. Go ahead. Well, what's the out? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gone this far. I watched three and a half minutes of this particular scene. I said, we've got to take it. What do you think the answer to that question is? Oh. Well, I'm, I'm asking. That's why I came to a college professor who, who's, this is your, this is what you do. What other kinds of answers have you gotten? Doesn't want to answer. They can't do it. And by the way, nobody in this, in this movie, in this very, very well done movie. So please do not just look at this, this six minute clip with me that I thought would be a wonderful way of just sparking some conversation and say, I don't need to watch it. <clears throat> if you don't want to pay for it, I mean, it's the internet. Just wait around for a month or so. It'll, it'll pop up. You got to watch it. They cannot say it. And they can't say it. They refuse to say it, and they know why they can't, too. A lot of like this, where you're, where you're not answering, and I've gotten a lot of that, so. I think it's interesting that you, that you say that some of the people you've, you've um, interviewed have been um, reluctant to answer it, and I think that has a lot to do with the way, the questions that preceded it, and the, the way that you've conducted yourself in the interview. How have I conducted myself? How do you think you've conducted yourself? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I just, uh, I don't know how, 
Oh, they're, they're, they're incompatible for this world. They're incompatible for the world. They really are. How do you think you... This is a child. A child, an overeducated dick. Child. Who is just so... I mean, he, he's just so outmatched and outgunned in every way. Outclassed. He has absolutely nothing of value. This is a person who has nothing of value to offer the world. And he probably has tenure. He probably has tenure. You, you, <laughs> you just really don't want to answer the questions, do you? I, I came today very willing and, and enthusiastic about answering questions about women's and gender sexuality studies, which is so the you wanted, I do. You wanted to answer questions about women's studies, and so shouldn't the, the first answer you should be able to provide is what exactly is a woman? Well, it's, it, for me, it's, it's actually a really simple answer, and that's a person who identifies as a woman. But what are they identifying as? As a woman. But, but what women. is that? As a woman. Do you know what a circular definition is? I do. I do. I, I, that was one of the definitions I learned in social scientistry school. It's sort of like what you're doing right now, where a, a woman is, is a woman. Because mm -hmm. well, you're seeking what we would call in my field of work an essentialist definition of gender. I think it sounds like you would like me to give you a set of biological or cultural characteristics that are associated with one gender or the other. I'm not seeking any type of definition. I'm just seeking a definition. Yeah, and I gave you one. Oh, and there you go. There you go. Hell is a place where there is no reason for anybody to send their child to a place, to, to a, I, I, why? Why are you going to send them? Why? Especially not for gender studies. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stop them. Say, listen, the, 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 the day that they leave home for school might be the last day that you ever, like, recognize them again. Because this is what's waiting for them. They come back, and they're just, they're gone. Because, you know, the other thing there is, it, it just takes so much time for a student, let's say a student smells bullshit and say, well, this is kind of nuts, but I need the credits. You still have to do, you have to meddle with this. You have to do exactly everything you can to be able to please these types of people who are going to be grading you. I mean, I guess you can leave. That would be the responsible thing. And I guess you don't have to believe it. You can just fake it. But then again, what are you trying to do? I guess once you have your, your degree, then you can just be your own person and start telling people the truth, but then what college is going to keep you on staff for much longer? I don't know. It's nuts. It's nuts. But I, wanted to, I want to read a few things for you after the break, because I want to show you what this kind of thinking, this institutionalized thinking is leading to, and it's something that is completely ignored. It is not acknowledged, and, uh, and, and it needs to be. It absolutely needs to be. That is the fallout. The fallout of what their this brand of thinking is doing to people, especially children. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Going to take your calls after that as well. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, intermission. 
Quite frankly. 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 Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? I just got a text message from Abe um, while we were watching this, that clip from uh, What is a Woman? And Abe t- uh, texted me, he said, social scientist. It's as if he picked the most lispiest possible profession on purpose. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> social scientist. It just kind of flows off the tongue, doesn't it? And through the teeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. And, and listen, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that there is even any debate, let alone the fact that there are sides that have formed on these issues is a very bad sign. Very bad sign. Uh, it, historically, it's a historically bad sign. So, um, it, it's going to... We're burning the candle at both ends and somewhere else, too. There's more than two ends on this candle, and it's going to burn out. And there's going to be no quarter for the um, the weaklings. There's going to be no quarter for weakness because they're creating a very, very, very hard world. Very bad one. Very um, agitated, violent, uh, dependent, very confusing world. It's going to take it's going to take a very horrible toll one day, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we can all just insulate ourselves the best we can from what is going to melt down, and it's certainly happening at an accelerated pace. But I think that it's also one of the best things to be coming out of this repulsive political calendar that they've rolled out on us. I don't care what's happening in corporate boardrooms or on Twitter trending sections. Gay Pride in June. Um, the the corporate monstrosity and the domestic military uh, psychological operation that is LGBTQ Incorporated, 
that is being completely exposed for nothing more than a child child endangerment month. They're not having an easy time this year. And it started with the monkeypox on uh, on May 30th. They're not having an easy time this year. You have these these uh, these drag shows and in strip clubs and this shit being exposed. It, it looks horrible. It is horrible. The people who are trying to explain it look like absolute lunatics. Seeing a lot, I'm so happy to see so many gay and lesbian uh, men and women who are just like this. This needs to stop, and it, this, it it's incredibly harmful. And leave us alone. It's like leave us alone. Yeah, leave us all alone. But it's part of a greater problem. Has a lot to do with what we're reading about in Windswept House, though, too, ladies and gentlemen. Because there is a Luciferian edge to this. It's pleasing somebody. It's pleasing somebody on a spiritual level. For the the common dolt that is going to strip clubs and is waving their flags and all that other stuff, they are just... They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they pledged themselves to, but they're they're just happy to be there. Just happy to be invited to the party. Here's a little bit more I wanted to show you. Just a little bit more. This is <clears throat> a trans surgeon. Her name wait with trans to which which direction? Marcy Bowers, so it's probably a guy. Marcy Bowers admits to performing a vaginoplasty on a 16-year-old boy. Attempting to become a woman. That's a surgery where Bowers uses skin from the boy's genitals to craft a faux female parts. Not real. It's just a mutilated penis. Here's 30 seconds. What's the, what's the youngest patient that you've operated on? The youngest patient I've done vaginoplasty on um, is age 16. Do you worry that minors just don't understand enough about themselves. They're not neurologically developed enough yet to make permanent life-altering decisions. Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. They know exactly what they're doing. And with every penis I mutilate, there is, uh, I'm able to validate my own bad decisions. That's what's going on. Bowers gave a lecture at a visiting professor for Children's Hospital Los Angeles in October 2020 about gender-affirming surgery. First transgender person to conduct transgender surgery. Wow. Another first. Box checked. Now, here's what I wanted to read to you. I was talking to Ariel Scarcella um, behind the scenes. We've, we go back, and uh, I like that she is, she's been speaking out at least about this, this push here. And I want to read some stuff about regret, because I was talking to Ariel about how nobody talks about the regret or the suicide rates being unchanged. This is a thread that is being compiled. I saw it all over the place, but you can find them mostly on Reddit. It's people who are regretting their transition. Here's the first one. I miss my breasts so much. So this is going to be heartbreaking, but this is what all of your do-gooder liberal friends are standing by. I'm sitting in my bed crying because I just miss my breasts so much. I got top surgery when I was 18. I'm 27 now. Even if I get implants, they still won't actually be mine. I want mine back. I'm not only, uh, not only were they mine, but they were great looking. I will never have them back. Never. 
I never ever thought that this would happen to me. I was always a, a ten thousand percent sure that I made the right decision. But the past couple of years, I finally realized, and it's so fucking hard to comprehend this and accept it. I'm going through a mourning period right now over my old body. I miss it so much. I look at girls nowadays, any girl at all, and I'm completely jealous. At least they still have their natural body. I feel like I'm, I'm an imposter. Like I can't even claim that I'm actually a girl, even though I am. My voice is fucked. I have no boobs. I am constantly worried about passing as a female, though I am one. I feel so much regret, and it's eating me alive. <clears throat> Here's more. I mean, and they're talking. We're, we're we're flirting with suicide here too. I'm at my wit's end. Another person. Uh, posts in the subreddit D-Trans. These are people who are detransitioning. I don't even know where to start. I've never been this depressed in my life. I almost jumped onto the train tracks yesterday. I've been sobbing multiple times a day for three straight. I feel like I've lost a piece of myself. Sure, my hormones can revert, but I'm always, I always sound like a man. Even when I make an effort to sound more feminine, I just sound like a man trying to sound like a woman. My boyfriend tells me it's not as bad as I think it is and that I sound female to him, but I just can't believe him. I feel like no one will ever see me as a normal woman again. Once I open my mouth, I don't want to be read as a trans when I finally stopped hating the fact that I was born female. It's just, it goes on. It goes on and on. Why did no one stop me? I'll read you this last one. Why did no one stop me? It's so fucked that I was given antipsychotics after HRT, hormone therapy, and not before. I had to see two therapists to get letters, and not one of them noticed I was loudly, visibly traumatized and manic and falling apart. The doctors, my family, my friends, the therapists, not a single person took me aside and asked me if I was ready. I know who I was then, and I know I would have taken that to heart. The moment I met someone who was also had bipolar disorder and was told by them that I was manic and went straight to treatment, it was just two years after HRT, two years too late. I was coming out of an abusive relationship and unpacking CSA and was on the tail end of a mixed episode and just dropped out of college and how fucked and how the fuck I was allowed to get irreversible how to allowed to irreversibly change every single aspect of my body and life why I was allowed to castrate myself I should have been committed not castrated this is all over the place and it has been for a while it's just been ignored if you talked about it you were shamed a fact checker came on in said oh there's not a high rate of regret for any of this uh, people who have tr- detransitioned and become uh, authors that 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 uh, now go and advocate for people to really think through what they're trying to do to their bodies. People like Walt Hayer, we've read his stories on the show before many times. Uh, he, he he was one of the first that I saw somebody actually document how every person who considers themselves trans usually has about two to three pre-existing mental conditions whether it be bipolar, borderline personality, whatever it is, obsessive compulsive, there's a lot of that going on. And because there is a very dangerous very dangerous ideology that has infested 
all of our medical and psychiatric institutions and education and entertainment, as you can see, the corporate world, lock, stock, and barrel, it's gone. Because that has all been infested by this very, very dangerous ideology. Nobody's getting the help that they deserve. They're being, they're being, I, I, I don't know, they're being encouraged to ruin their lives. And then when they realize they made a choice, they are written off as, I don't know. I don't know what else. You have a person that, that followed everything that you wanted, they cut off parts of their body, and now you're disowning them? Just trying to cope with, so one, one more. Here's a, here's a short one for you. Trying to cope with so much grief. I have a body covered in thick hair now. My face, my stomach, my arms, my legs. Everywhere when I shave my face, it's still noticeable. My voice is at the lowest pitch on the voice analyzers. It's a man's voice. My chest is flat forever. My genitals are changed. I can't even bring myself to type out how. But we all know. I want to die when I think about everything. I feel like there's no escape. Just fucked up. So, good job, social scientists. Good job. Bringing them all in. So, um, I wanted to see what you guys and gals thought about this. Another really interesting thing when it came around. I remember this clip when it, when it happened, the interview when it happened. And it was between Matt Lauer and Tom Cruise. And they were talking about mind-altering drugs. They were talking about therapy and... It just reminded me a lot about, even though all this is psychiatric, what we're talking about here, and spiritual in many senses, and when Tom Cruise talks about uh, staying away from mind-altering drugs, he's, he's coming from a Scientologist Dianetics standpoint, but I, I think that there's a little bit of overlap with, uh, with this audience and what Tom Cruise talks about in this particular clip when he's, when he, when he's talking about the, um, the dangerous nature of our culture that is grasping for these SSRI drugs and anything, anything that steps in to really take the place of what could be, in many cases, some good investment in changing routines in your life, changing anything in your life. That's really what cures depression the most. Um, now, I, I'm not a, we, we had this conversation about drugs in the past. And I'd love to have some more of those conversations again. I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who wouldn't benefit at least temporarily for some relief while you work out those things. I, I just am not qualified to speak on that. But I am, I am uh, comfortable saying that with the state that we're in and how nothing is getting better, there is way too much there is way too much being consumed out there. There's way too much being prescribed. This is, it's turning us into a zombie nation. We're already having a very hard time being cognitively functional because of the education we haven't been receiving. And it's just, it's just, we're zonked out. So listen to this, then we'll get to some super chats. That uh, psychiatry is, is a pseudoscience. But, but Tom, if she said, that this particular thing helped her feel better, whether it was the antidepressant or going to a counselor or a psychiatrist. Isn't that enough? Matt, you have to understand this. Here we are today where I talk out against drugs. 
and psychiatric abuses, of electric shocking people, mm -hmm. okay, against their will, of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? The difference is, no, this was no, not Matt, against Matt, her Matt, will, though. Madam, I'm asking you a question. Madam, I'm asking you a question. I understand you there's know? abuse of all of these things. No, you see, here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Aren't there examples, and might not Brooke Shields be an example of someone who benefited from one of those drugs? All it does is mask the problem, Matt. And if you understand the history of it, it masks the problem. That's what it does. That's all it does. You're not getting to the reason why. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. So postpartum depression to you is, is Matt, kind of a little psychological goo gobbledygook? No, no, I did not say that. I'm just asking, what, you, no, what would you no, call it? Abs that Matt, that is, that post. Now, now you're talking about two different things. But that's what she went on the no. antidepressant for. But what happens to the antidepressant, all it does is mask the problem. There's ways of vitamins and through exercise and various things. I'm not saying that that isn't real. That's not what I'm saying. That's an alteration of what, what I'm saying. I'm saying that drugs aren't the answer. That these, these drugs are very dangerous. They're mind-altering drugs. And there are ways of doing it without that so that we don't end up in a brave new world. The thing that I'm saying about Brooke is that there's misinformation, okay? And she doesn't understand the history of psychiatry. She, she doesn't understand in the same way that you don't understand it, man. Do, do you examine the possibility that these things do work for some people? That yes, there are abuses, and yes, maybe they've gone too far in certain areas. Maybe there are too many kids on Ritalin. Maybe electric shock. Too many is... kids on Ritalin. Matt. I'm just saying. But but aren't there Matt. examples where it Matt. works? Matt, Matt, you, you don't even. You're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. Yeah, you're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. And we're talking mind-altering drugs and, and hormone therapy. It's all in the same camp. That's why I figure I'd throw it up there. And, and just remember, the guy playing devil's advocate over there, Matt Lauer, in his office under his desk, there was a little red button that locked women in his office. And then he could open up one of his drawers and take out a floppy dildo and tickle their noses. That's, that's who was playing devil's advocate up there with Tom Cruise. So I'm just... Just saying, just saying, if you ever got tickled, ever had your nose tickled with a floppy dildo, you know it's, you know it's not fun. Matt Lauer's doing that to everybody. What, we're just going to stand by? Let this happen? So, yes. Uh, I, I, thought that, I thought that was, I thought that was really um, relevant. And we had that conversation that one night, wonderful show, when we, were, when we were talking about, we were reading through an article about how it was either antidepressants, antipsychotics that are flushed out through the sewage system going out, they're making the, the fish depressed or something like that. And then we just started talking about personal usage. So let's get to some super chats and we'll take some calls. All right, Paola. Paola, 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 Paola. Paola says, I've started calling these gender studies people educated past their intelligence. Yes. Yes. Sad, but my 25-year-old daughter is among them. It's how, do you, how, do you, how do you protect it? How do you protect them? Maybe if they... I, 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 think, it's, I think of girls and boys that are... 18 to 25 years old and so much revelation in the last five years alone 
I feel like if anybody has the best chance, it's children who've been born like in the last four or five years now, and their parents have seen what's going on. I think they're going to be an amazing case study as to where they end up. You know, homeschool children, how they end up compared to others down the line. I want to get some some statistics on that. If anybody can help me, if there's anything available, I know that it, it's going to be staggering. But let's let's get to that. And Paula, I'm sorry to hear about that. Let's just uh, let's hope some ice water splashes in the daughter's face one day, and she sees what's going on. Uh, Shake and Bake says for the first time, for the first time being, Franklys who are active. Users on the Discord will be able to tune into tomorrow, twenty the afternoon to watch, tomorrow afternoon to watch what is a woman if they would like. I've been having showings going on until no later than thirty minutes before your show. Well, if you see that going on, go ahead. I um, it's up to you. Obviously, Daily Wire put a lot of time into it, so I would say in the last, first couple of weeks that it's out, give it a look. Give it a look-see. I watched with a friend of mine, um, and um, and we'll see. What I would really like to do is reach out to see if there's any way down the line we can pay a little extra and have a group viewing. We'll see. I don't really have an in with Daily Wire. I thought I would have one day, one year when we had Michael Knowles on the show a few times before he really blew up, but we'll see. Patience. Patience, they say. Rancid open crotch wound says to compete with Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina scented candle. We are releasing rancid open crotch wound oasis candle. Pre orders now available at absolutelydisgusting.com. Just $666. That's incredible. That's incredible. There you go. And Headley Bear. Headley Bear says, so excited I'm able to leave you a tip. You'll be hearing from me more often now. Continue crushing. Thank you, Headley Bear. That was right after we had gotten off. Sunny Girl, well wishes to you and your family. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's wonderful to have you on. Over to the Rumble. Let's see what's going on there. We have one from Selling the Farm. Hey, Franks. Hey, Franks Freaks. This is the best way to get your news. Well... I'm glad you're enjoying yourself selling the farm. And there's a little bit of a cookie war going on on uh, on the foxhole right now. It's between. Can I get to the top? Where the hell's the top of this? Oh, there you go. Texas Bear, thank you. Super happy. Said, I've missed hearing from Captain Liberty for a while, Frank. Any word from him? No. No, in fact. Um, you're not the only one who has asked, and I have not seen him on Discord. Um, I don't know. I hope all's well, of course. I'd love to hear from him. But I'll have to go digging around and see if we can find him. Rise Attire says, FYI, if the lights go out, a single Crayola crayon will burn for 30 minutes like a candle. Well, all right. 30 minutes for one Crayola cray- uh, uh, crayon. So, ladies and go out there and get yourself a, one of those 120 packs. I used to love those. The bigger the packs, the better, because you knew you were getting some exotic colors. Something else that really excited me when I was a child was when Crayola markers started coming out with a little bit more. They started coming out with colors that were not primary colors. 
and I went nuts. It was a day that my um, my tonsils were taken out. They took out my tonsils and adenoids when I was in first or second grade. And as one of the gifts in the hospital, my family showed up. I think my father showed up with a pack of markers that I I had been asking for. And it was the markers that had the the color gray. That was incredible. Gray marker, gray, pink, lavender, like all of these these colors that were in-betweens or or something that weren't primaries. And I remember going nuts for that gray marker. I couldn't believe it. There was a gray marker. That was like 1992. If they were out before then, I didn't know about it. They were very exotic to me. Hot pink? Damn. That really... I can still smell them. The, all this, the smell is probably completely different. Paulie 9396. Let's see here. Paulie 9396 says, uh, God bless you and yours. Thank you. I can take I can use all the blessing and so could mine. We can use all the blessings we can get right now. And I bounce that all back to you as well. I always consider this audience in my prayers now because I know you guys think of us so much. I have I have come to graciously accept that. It's very heartwarming to know that we're considered so much. Uh, Doug Simmy says, just thanks, Frank. Thank you. Uh, Lynn RC7, thank you for the shades. Frank's Taint, thank you. I'm glad that my taint is having a good time. Witchy Poo 22, cookie fight, and now here it comes. Dr. Hoffman in the with the cavalry. Witchy Poo and Dr. Hoffman in Just Because. They're throwing everything at each other. Do they have the strength to beat this? Is there a winner? The cookies are flying. Tom Ford comes into the mix. Incredible. Thank you for all of this, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. It's a lot of repeat names, so I'm not going to go through all of them, but Dr. Hoffman, Witchy Poo, Tom Ford, just because they're all very amazing. Doug Simmy says, giving is always great, but giving to Frank, well, I'm happy you feel that way. Um, Gwyneth. Gwyneth says, these people are evil evil, misguided themselves. They're part of a cycle. So I always have this sense of pity. Then again, the more they speak, the pity goes away and it's just anger. It's it's just straight up anger and disgust. When they don't speak, then I can look at them as a victim as well. And then when they, when they spew their nonsense and you just watch the programming kick in and how they defend it with every bone in their body and they are willing to commit violence in the name of it which that's what this is becoming more and more the situation, then all that pity goes away. Goes away quick. Doug Simmy says, I identify as me. Well, that's good, Doug. A lot less confusion in your life. Stostube got into the mix. Now you know it's serious. It's going to turn into a knife fight soon. Dr. Hoffman said cookie fest. There you go. It's not a fight. I'm sorry. It's not a fight. It's a fest. So if you want to be part of the festival, and let me tell you something about the festival... I just got this from uh, Abe as well. After the show tonight, which is in 30 minutes, on ni- at around 9 o'clock, we have After Hours Programming on Monday night, quitefrankly.tv. You know what Monday night is? It's Mystery Movie Night. Every Monday night, we got the Mystery Movie. First thing is something epic. We have two movies tonight. I don't know what they are. 
I will watch when I get home and I'm eating and I'm in I'm just watching and I'm casting to the television and we're just hanging out. The first movie tonight is something epic, I was told, and it's going to be followed by something fun. Hopefully it's not that damn Archie video again. The Archie movie. Always playing that stupid movie. It's become a meme, and they just do it to troll people now. So we'll see what something fun is. Wonder if it's Happy Gilmore or something like that. Uh, Swickly, can people uh, people can live in whatever dilution they want, and just don't expect me to live there with you. That's what they're they're figuring out, and there's a, there's major pushback now because they thought that they were they can just be more and more confident. It's not going to happen. Swickly, invoke the word truth. Yes, please. They truly took people down with that word. Bill Gates acts exactly the same way in interviews. What do you mean, concerned? Yes. J. Jewel, Andy Wakefield, on Mel K, excellent, excellent about his new documentary, Awake. Oh, AWK had Matt Walsh clips, too. I got to get Matt Walsh on the show. I think we just might have the staff to pull it off now. C. Blanche, thank you so much. Boy, this is this is a lot. I, I appreciate this so much. Thank you. Godspeed, says C. Blanche with more. Stostube, Witchy Poo 22, Dr. Hoffman. Sean the Baker says this whole trans promotion seems to have began with the ultra pedo. Alfred Kinsey, experiments. Well, there's a lot of roots. There's a lot of roots. Um, every year for the, I think the last two years, yeah. I've done a little bit of the actual history of Stonewall, Stonewall riots. What's going on there? history of who Harry Hay was, the formation of the uh, the modern gay rights movement, and what the Stonewall riots, what riots were all about. It, it, was a, it was a mafia honeypot location. It was a mon- mafia honeypot location. And, um, and yeah, we can, we can talk about that. But let's see, Witchy Poo, they're really getting me. And Timberjet. Timberjet says, take that, cookie throwers. So there's a festival. Napkinator, 79. Henry L. has just jumped in, and they love you all very much. Thank you, Jay Brewskis, as well. All right. Back to what we have here. Taking some calls, 914-595-6953. And while the calls come in, I'll put that up on screen. I wanted to play, uh, I wanted to do a little bit of show and tell for you. Now, we have a, we have a listener of the show. Her name is Vanessa. She was just sworn in as a um, an elected official of some some point in her in her county in Kentucky and she wrote in to me she said Frank you, I, I thought this was really funny she said Frank I started a new job back in February as a deputy clerk I had to take an interesting oath I came across it today while I was recording a court order in the same book my oath was recorded I thought you'd get a kick out of this and it's an oath the oath is unchanged since like the 1890s or something like that and it 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 focuses very much in very intently on dueling and how they don't want anybody engaged in duels you know duels to a death here it is here's the constitutional oath i do solemnly swear that i will support the constitution of the united states and the constitution of this commonwealth and be faithfully and true to the commonwealth of kentucky so long as i continue a citizen Thereof, and I, uh, and that I will faithfully execute to the best of my abilities the office of county clerk, 
uh, according to law. And I do further solemnly swear or affirm that since the adoption of the present Constitution, I, being a citizen of the state, have not fought a duel with deadly weapons within the state, nor out of it, nor have I sent or accepted a challenge to fight a duel with deadly weapons, nor have I acted as a second in carrying a challenge or aided or assisted any person thus offending, so help me God. Wow. I wonder what the dueling problem was out there in Kentucky that this was put into the oath of office in this particular county in Kentucky and has not left, has not been removed or updated at all. So they must have really had a big dueling problem out there. Thank you for that submission, Vanessa. It was a wonderful one. I loved it. Let's take a call. Steve from Texas. What's going on, Steve? Hey, what's going on, Frank? Hey. So what do you got on tonight's topics? Uh, well, uh, did you notice on all those Walsh videos, did you notice, like, the people that he was talking to had such a hard time making eye contact? Oh, yes. It's like, uh, it's like, what, it's like they knew what they were saying is crazy. There is, there is something about the demeanor. I, I mean, I, this is happening all, we're, we're very poorly socialized now. There's not a lot of handshaking, of yes. course. Handshaking has become taboo in another way over the last two years. But there is not a lot of handshaking, looking at somebody in the eye and just having a conversation. I think people believe that it's just too intimate. They're afraid of intimacy. Uh, it's been completely warped in some way. And then, of course, when you have been sent out to as, as, as foot soldiers of one religion or another, that is just seated itself in such horrible ways of thinking. Uh, they have to know that as it's coming out of their mouth, they, they, <laughs> they can hear it coming out of their mouth and know, wow, this sounds really stupid. I got to be with people who believe this because when yeah. I try to sell it to non-believers, it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, what, what a, what a cringy subject. I mean, it was never so in the spotlight, like it wasn't such a huge deal, which made me go back to something that I've always thought is, I miss the old school gay people, man. They're not like they used to be. Yeah. Before it wasn't, it wasn't so, uh, it wasn't such a huge thing, you know. You kind of have an idea here and there, but you didn't have to plaster it all over, you know. You didn't have to have rainbow flags everywhere and doing all this stuff, you know. But it just, you know, be loud and proud, but not if it's so damn abrasive, you know. It's just, it's so in your face nowadays. And it's a, I don't know. It's just really different. And I, I don't know. I, had, I In fifth grade, I had a gay teacher, and I never knew it until a couple years later. And I kind of looked back, and <laughs> I think, oh, okay. That made so, sense. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you realize this thing all, along the way. I mean, when we were in fifth or sixth grade, a lot of us had suspicions of which of our classmates would be gay which would who would come out in in high school or 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 college and uh we were we were right on a on a few of them and a couple others surprised us and you know so but it it was it was fine and like you said and thank you for the call steve a a great call i i agree i miss the old school gays i know quite a few of them but a lot of the old schoolers have been pulled with the tide i think they feel like hey uh, our you know, uh, there's been some kind of social ascendancy because there's a corporate, um, uh, uh, socio-political, globalist push that has accelerated this rise of of trans. You know, these are transhumanists here. Remember, 
These are transhumanists. They are sexual deviants. They are engaged in all types of ritualistic behavior. And, and, and as we know from just our nightly conversations, but especially if you're part, part of book club, when we opened up talking about Windswept House, because the opening chapters right there, it, it talks about the enthronement of Lucifer in the Vatican in, 19, the, the, uh, in 1963. And it talked, Malachi Martin talked very specifically about the kind of, the kind of rituals and the kind of, um, I should say, ceremony that was put together meticulously. And everything in these satanic, Luciferian, um, these, these rituals, they are all about creating perfect inverses of something that is sacred to create perfectly crafted sacrilegious um, things. That everything would have to be spoken in perfect Latin. Everything would have to be impeccable. These are very ritualistic types. If they're not, they're just megalomaniac. They don't. They then they know that they're just working on a timeline to destroying and controlling a species. So whether you're just you have n- absolutely no aspirations in trying to commune with the devil, but you still are a transhumanist and you're just you're uh, you're 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 just embracing technology and on a uh, on the war path to upgrade humanity, then. I don't. You would obviously see this kind of social movement as a step in the right direction for you, if you can get people, entire younger generations, where you have as many over twenty-seven percent of them now are saying that they're not, they're not what they were born as. They're something else. They're not straight. They're they're willing to one thing or another. Who the hell knows? That willingness to detach away from your identity or to be able to say, well, this is a new age. We're seeing things clearly for the first time, and we can be whatever we want. Don't you think that that softening up of the, of the psyche is going to be something that a transhumanist who can offer you a chip that does one thing or another, if you can convince somebody to cut their nuts off, then implanting a small chip under your skin that nobody can see you is, is a cakewalk. It's a cakewalk. So... Even if you're just coming from a crazy technologist standpoint, what's happening sociopolitically is perfectly seized upon right now. But if you're coming from a dark ritualistic standpoint, a conquering of the planet standpoint as well, another deeper, darker layer to that, which we know is uh, a major driving factor out there, then this is just one big sacrifice. One big sacrifice. It's incredible. It's just incredible. All right. Here's Jewel 85 says, Hey, I'm a fag hag from way back. Marched in San Francisco. No longer down with this bullshit. Well, that's great. That's great. And you want to know something? There's, there's a lot of people out there who marched who are, are seeing this as well. Art from New York. It's good to hear from you again, man. What's up? Hey. You don't own anything, but you'll be happy. Yeah, you don't own anything, including your body, right? Yeah. (laughs) In other words, be prepared. We cut you off uh, of the breath. We put a mask on your face to to make you feel comfortable and you're not going to die and you're not going to be contagious. But I will... 
tax your farts in the litter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a steamy and hot show for the night. And they, I would uh, add a little bit of the, the truth. The truth most of the time hurts. The more we listen to your show and the more we relate to it. The truth hurts. We like it or not. We can complain about Bilderberg, we can complain about the masters. I I am one of the guys who complain about the masters. But I do complain about the other side too. And it's we, the people. We are responsible half of it. 50% of us, no, 50% of the problem, we are responsible. We have to wake the heck up and be responsible for our constitution. They are not after the first article or the second article. They are after our constitution. And we are savers. We are we the people listening to your show and having a show like yours, we're going to survive. We like it or not. And the truth hurts. We are responsible too, Frankie. Hmm. And we have to take responsibility. We have to go and vote. We have to vote with our dollars. We have to be first for the jury duty, man. We have to we have to stand up for the jury duty. A lot of people they don't understand that thing. Even if it's a state jury duty, doesn't matter. The jury duty in the state changed the the federal law and changed the constitution law too. And we have to learn to pray. Has nothing to do with the religion. We have to pray to pray for the people of America. We have to pray for the humanity. We're the savior. We like it not. Our constitution is unique. We have to stop taking it for granted. We have to wake the heck up and stand up for whatever we got, man. I I got you. I mean, I I have you. I really have you. Uh, on uh, I I know what you're saying, and it's a good thing to keep bringing ourselves back to. Just what do you have to do? What do you have to do? And and what do you have to do to insulate yourself and others around you? That's really the only thing. As far as voting goes, you know what I say: the more local, the more important it is. But we have been shown some really ugly things there too. And survival is really the only um, the only priority I would have to say at this point. And it's it sucks because, like I said, we learn you, you learn to you learn to divest all of your hope to take all of your hope out of places like schools. Uh, unfortunately, to take all of your hope out of places like hospitals, which used to be the um, one of the most important things, uh, the most important advantages of living in a place like this, you knew that you were going to have some of the best care the world had to offer. And now, um, for even though it can be the most simple of procedures, you don't know if you're coming out alive anymore. So it's um, it's one of those things, um, Art. And I, whenever you call in, it's always it's always from a, a nice standpoint of of keeping the frame on on something we can act from and uh, with with some reasonable level of success. So thanks again for that, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. You're welcome. God bless you, brother. God you too. Michelle. You too. It's great to hear from you again. It's been a while since Art called in. It really has been. 8.45. Let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we have to do our our wonderful uh, badass of the night. Maybe a couple more calls, too. I'd like to do that. Let's do it. Hey. 
look like a bitch. I love your TV. You're cool. What's up? I love your TV. Yeah. Yep. You're cool. Uh, what's your TV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. Hi, everyone. I am truly sorry to anyone who ever posted that they had a glitter accident. I usually responded with something like, I like glitter. Take a picture. You made a memory. I am so sorry. My children, seven, five, and four years old, got into my super fine glitter. The entire downstairs of our home sparkled. Everything has glitter on it. I have vacuumed, mopped, everything and anything. There is still glitter everywhere, even on the children. It wouldn't go away. So once again, I am truly sorry for making light of your glitter disaster. You just have to burn your house down now. Spoilers would be better. Seriously? Spiders can be exterminated. Glitter is the herpes of arts and crafts. nights I'll take a quick call right now 828 you're on the air go ahead hey Frank my name's Rob great to have you on my friend what's that great to have you on thank you for taking my call Um, your program tonight uh, really hit home Um, my daughter committed suicide three weeks ago I'm so sorry she was 16 she was 16 years old, and um, <clears throat> she just, uh, she, she was struggling with a lot of things you were talking about tonight on the program, and uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. So, I mean, she, I'm, I'm 53, my wife's 52. She said she was uh, bisexual a couple of years ago, and then she was in a couple of mental hospitals, and uh I tell you, those hospitals are just so fucked up, and um, (laughs) it just seems like there's so many kids nowadays that are struggling with so many problems like this, and uh, I don't know, it just, uh, I I just want your input, because I I just, I'm I'm struggling right now, we're, you know, we're three weeks, she died on May 8th, and uh, we're, you know, it's almost four weeks now on Sunday, and um, I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, uh, uh, any what what input would you like? I'm I'm just I'm I'm very I'm very sorry. I mean, when we talk about this, we we there's always a range of emotions 
when yeah. uh, when we cover the, the stories, when we see what's actually being done, or how the media yeah. covers it, what the media excludes. Um, uh, yeah. it, it, this seems like it, it's always it's always projected out there as as part of some some great um, social liberation. Where there's 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 only new frontiers, new bold frontiers, and everybody's expressing themselves, and and it's it yep. people are just becoming more and more uh, dismantled, and it has real yep. consequences. That and I think the anger the anger is righteous, and that's why people this, this calls like this is are why why people are are really um are upset about the 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 late hour that we're living in, and 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 what this can really impact people. I don't know. Um, uh, it, it's tearing. It's tearing our kids up, and you know, we. I, I'm. You know, my age. I'm. I'm pretty. I'm not. A, I used to be more liberal when I went to college, and then you know, I realized you know all the bullshit that was going on, and then uh, you know. So, but I, I tried to you know listen to her and understand why you know she started dating a um, transgender boy that wanted to be a girl, and. I didn't understand it, but I was just trying to be accepting of it. And um, but I'm, I'm telling you, this—it's almost like an epidemic. Of what's going on? I, you know, my wife and I are in therapy now, and um, I asked the therapist the other day, you know, like, is it, are you seeing more of this? And she said, absolutely. And um, it, it's just—it's really troubling. Um, is the therapist—is the therapist yeah. uh, someone that, that you can that you vetted? Like, to, where do they come from on the side? Do they do? Are they open to this whole thing? Uh, are they skeptical? How are, how is that going on? Because I have I'm just hearing a lot of horror stories with people who you sit down with as in therapy and not getting what you you expect. Well, we you know it's my wife's therapist. You know we were working on just trying to be good parents. You know and trying to understand the the work through all the mental hospitals that she was in and, you know, try to deal with that. And I will say she's more conservative as well. Um, she calls she calls things what they are, you know. Um, but it, it, it's confusing, uh, you know, to say the least, just because, you know, after, you, after your child dies, it's just your whole world just gets, I don't know, obliterated. And I know you've got a, a daughter, too, and it just... I don't know. We we homeschooled for most of her life, so it wasn't you know. We, we tried to keep her away from the exposure of um you know the the uh, indoctrination camps there. But so what was what, what 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 do you think it was? Do you think it was higher education? Was it a what what in particular? Where do you think you saw the the that that influence? Where did it come from? Because there's a lot of people Where? out there who think about uh, we watch all this and and homeschooling is a number one. A number one thing that we all cling to now is we say, well, yeah. at least we can do this. And you just say that you were homeschooling. So where did that, I know. you know? I, I you know, I, I got to say probably social media, I, and I hate to blame it all on one thing. Um, you know, my, my gut tells me that the food and, and the vaccines, maybe when they're kids or babies, maybe this is doing something to all these kids too. Um, you know, I, I, I know sometimes you know, people say, well, you know, people are just, they're, they're trying to be gay or, you know, transgender or bisexual because it's a fad, but I, I don't, I don't know that that's true. I, I think there's something else, you know, my, my gut tells me there's something else going on. So oh, I, it's, there, there is, there is something, there, there's something that is, that is wrecking us 
physiologically. It's 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 environmental. It, it's one hundred percent environmental, and through that, it's it's softening people up. Um, it is, and then they and then they you know get all this crap fed through them through these social media. Yes. Yes, no, you it's know, it's I, not. I don't. I don't yeah. I'm, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any of that shit. But you know, I, I and we we even cut the router off at a, you know I'm a computer guy, so I mean we cut the router off at you know we get let her get on at 6 p.m. and she could go till nine, so she was relatively limited, you know. But you know, at the end of the day, it, it just you know she just took herself, and uh, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying we there, there's something bigger going on here. I don't know. I don't you know. I don't know what it is, but something's going on, um, and it's 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 growing, and they're not talking about it. No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, and sir, I, 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 from everybody, that for me, and I speak. I'm speaking for the audience when we just send our best to you and your wife. And I'm, I'm sorry, it, it 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 cracks my heart in half to listen to this, and I know that. Uh, but I know it's you're, you're you're not alone, unfortunately, and this is our our collective cross to bear. If we're looking it at is. the future of our of our civilization, this is this is it. And uh, please e- email the show. Let us know how you guys are. Uh, make, go ahead. Can, can I make a request? Please um, go ahead. So her obituary is it's in the mount. We, we live in we live in Western North Carolina in the mountains, and. Um, she used to be a singer and a bass guitarist, and um, she's got a, a nonprofit uh, scholarship fund set up now. Um, so if you, if any of the listeners would be willing to go to the Mountaineer, just type in Mountaineer Waynesville, look under obituaries. Um, I don't mind to give my name. Her name was Alea Worth, and there's actually a link there where you can donate money to uh, the nonprofit. And this is for kids that. Um, for, it's a it's a musical scholarship, and um, they we we just picked a young boy that has probably you know a couple years left. He's just had lots of medical issues, so we're we're trying to make something good out of all this. But there's a donation link in there, and um, you know it, it would be you know if, I know money's tight right now with gas prices and everything else, but um, I, I'm trying to be positive about you know and and do something good you know with what. With what's happening, but that that pro she was actually in that program, and, and there's a link in there to donate, and that'll help these kids um, that are struggling, because um, music is a really good thing to, uh, you know, help help people through uh, tough times in life. So absolutely, yes, yes, I'm a, I'm a big believer in music as um, yes. as therapy, and uh, I, I'll I'll share this link in the Discord and in the Telegram. <laughs> And I'll uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much for the call, and I hope I hear from you again. Email the show anytime, and and please have yourself um, a peaceful night, you and in the wife, and we'll talk soon. Okay, I appreciate all your time. Thank you. All right, take care. That's uh, so you you talk about impacts. That's it. That's on the other side of the of the regret and. All the the venting on Reddit and everything else. This is the other side of it, and that's how dangerous this is. That's how dangerous this is, and um, just something. Well, that is. I think he said it. Alea Jade Worth, A L E I A Jade Worth, from uh, North Carolina. Be able to find that. I just popped it in. I found her. 
and I see the obituary. So uh, go and just type that in. You'll be able to to help out somebody in the future for sure. Uh, all right. Now I have something to maybe tie this one up and go off into Mystery Movie Monday on Quite Frankly TV. It's 8.57. Let's get our badass of the evening since it is Badass Awareness Month. Let's do it. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And who's our badass tonight? Audie Murphy. America's most decorated World War II veteran. Wanted to go with a veteran tonight, especially since it's D-Day. Um, Murphy was born on a sharecropper farm in North Texas on June 20th, 1924. As a bar, as a boy, as a bar, as a boy, he chopped cotton for $1 a day and was noted for his feats of a daring do, daring do, I don't know what that is, feats of daring do, and for his accuracy with a gun. He only had five years of schooling and was orphaned at 16 after being refused enlistment in both the Marines and the paratroopers for being too small. He was only 5'5", and underweight, he was only 110 pounds soaking wet. They always say, it's only 100 pounds soaking wet. He enlisted in the U.S. Army, who will take anybody. A few, day, a few days after his 18th birthday. On January 26, 1945, Murphy was commanding Company B of the 15th Infantry Regiment, 3rd Infantry Division, near the French village of Hulsweer. Hulsweer. When six German tanks and several hundred infantrymen attacked his company, Murphy ordered his men to fall back to defensive positions in nearby woods while he covered their withdrawal and called down artillery to slow down the German advance. German fire hit an American tank destroyer nearby and set it on fire. Witnesses later recalled how he climbed on the burning tank destroyer, which was in danger of blowing up at any moment, and employed its 50 caliber machine gun against the enemy. From Murphy's exposed position on top of the burning tank, de tank destroyer, he killed over 20 German soldiers and repelled their attack. For more than an hour, Murphy continued to fire the machine gun despite being wounded in the leg, then led his company in a counterattack that killed or wounded 50 more German soldiers. On April 23, 1945, at the age of only 19, Murphy received the Medal of Honor for his actions. Though Murphy's heroism on January 26th was extraordinary, it was not the first time Murphy had distinguished himself. He had previously received over 20 awards for valor, including the Distinguished Service Cross, two Silver Star Medals, and two Bronze Star Medals for valor in Italy and France. After receiving the Medal of Honor, Murphy was widely celebrated as the most, dec most decorated American soldier in World War II and was featured on the cover of Life magazine. After the war, Murphy's national celebrity status brought him to the attention of Hollywood. He went on to have a prolific country music songwriting and acting career, starring in 44 feature films, including, uh, including the movie ad adaptation of his autobiography, To Hell and Back. Despite Murphy's stardom and success, the soft-spoken veteran was never comfortable being the center of attention. He died on May 28, 1971, at the age of 45, in a plane crash near Roanoke, Virginia. He was buried with full military honors in Arlington National Cemetery. So there you go. Another one for the books.
Ladies and gentlemen, you have been very nice and wonderful company tonight. And I am glad that we have another day lined up for us tomorrow. We have great guests for the rest of the week, good topics of conversation. It's all just got kicked off. And now I encourage you all to go to quitefrankly.tv to wait for the evening to turn over into something after hours It's Movie Mystery Monday. You're going to get something epic and then something fun tonight on QuiteFrankly.tv when we conclude here. But first, I have to go through these super chats real quick. A lot have come in uh, on the foxhole. Big Dub says, Faith is the only thing we can take with us when we leave this realm. Love you, Frank, and all you Franklies. Thank you, Big Dub, for 20. Nocturnal says, I lost my son to suicide and feel the pain every day. Hearing this man has me crying. Jewel 85 says, Frank, we really appreciate your show and your soulful heart. Thank you. Well, if everybody just, you can go and obviously keep everybody in what we're living through. We're, everybody has something to, to bear, some weight to carry. And you got to be there as much as you can for people. And uh, you have a, you have a person you can search for tonight. That's for sure. Tomorrow, I actually was going to... I have somebody else to introduce you to tomorrow that needs a little help. So, we will, uh, we'll get to that later. But thank you so much. Thank you to everybody on Rumble, on DLive, on the Theta. The Theta is our little jacuzzi area. I'm going to go to the tip of stream. That's quite frankly, superchat.com. Al Julian, or AI Julian. I don't know the difference right now yet. I have five kids and tried to call. I have very salient stories on this topic. I have a 16-year-old TG son and a liberal educated daughter. What does TG mean? Oh, transgender. Well, Julian, we'll take some more calls tomorrow on this. We're going to be talking about propaganda tomorrow, so it will all be relevant, to be honest, and I, I hope you get through. I'll be able to take a lot more. I didn't realize how dense this, the subject matter was tonight and all the media that I had collected. M. Borg says, continued, oh wait, sorry. M. Borg said, uh, in 2008, I had a freak accident. I lost my eyesight and suffered a physical disability. Shortly after the economy collapsed, we had five kids at the time. I went through a bit of depression. So my doc put me on meds, worst decision ever. Love you, Frank. Continued, he says, if I could do it all over again, I would have sucked it up and plowed through. Coming off the meds was worse than anything fear, any fear that I could ever face. Remember, we are stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Stay strong, Franklies. Thank you, M. Minister of Chocolate says some raw milk money for all those cookies. Wow. Going to dunk some cookies into some raw milk. I can't wait to have Justin, Justin on the show on Friday. That'll be a very... Uplifting. I, in fact, I have to create a thread for Friday Night Show because I want to hear people's psychedelic trip stories. Haven't done a, a, a thread like that. Positive, positive experiences. We always talk about the negative. I want to see positive experiences and psychedelic revelations. That'll be fun to coincide with our talk on Friday night. It'll be a fun time. Uh, let's see here. That's all I have. That's all I have, and tomorrow there'll be much more where that came from. Thank you to everybody on Rockfin, on YouTube, our OGs over there, 
I will be seeing you, and on Twitch. I will be seeing you on QuiteFrankly.tv within the hour. You know, I have to get out of here and get myself settled in. But enjoy the movie. I'll be in the chat room with you. And uh, be sure to tip your network engineer. I'll talk to you soon. And good night. Thank you for everything. Oops. I did not set this. Now I did. Bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. Now, our super chatters, starting with Al Julian, M. Borg, Minister of Chocolate, Paula, Shake and Bake, Rancid Open Crotch Wound, and Headley Bear. You guys and gals have been wonderful. I am releasing the scratch in right now. Be sure to scratch yourself with it. Nighty night.